Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Blair, wife, mother of three, author of Holistic Wealth, and founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. The show will showcase various experts in the key pillars of holistic wealth. Each week, we deliver the best information on how to become holistically wealthy and live your best life. Today, we have a very, very special guest with us. We have Blair Kaplan Venables, and Blair is an amazing entrepreneur. She just published a book called Pulsing Through My Veins, raw and real stories from an entrepreneur. Blair is also the founder of the I Am Resilient Project, which is amazing, and just launched a new podcast called Radical Resilience. So Blair, I do want to welcome you to the podcast today. It's great having you here. Thank you so much for having me. And I love that we finally got to connect because we have a mutual friend. And she was so excited because your initials are my initials backwards. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And happy we did get to connect because I love the fact that you launched this project, that you're also an entrepreneur who's had great successes as well. And of course, now you've just launched a new book. Now, Blair, I just wanted to go back to your story and in terms of your journey, you know, I know that you have sadly lost both parents in a very short period of time. So can you tell us what that was like? I know that ties in from your mother's death to the I Am Resilient Project, but can you just walk us through that journey a bit? For sure. And I'm going to back up a bit further. And it's interesting that we're having this conversation because my relationship with money now, I've had to do a lot of healing because of my parents' relationship with money. And I'm on this new discovery path. So it's really interesting. But yeah, we'd love to hear more about that too. So um, born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I am a child of divorce. My father in the late 80s, early 90s developed a severe addiction, a drug addiction. And it got so bad that he chose to leave the family. He was a graduate gemologist and a diamond dealer, very successful using computer software in the 80s to do jewelry appraisals. He was doing financially really well, but his addiction was stronger than his, like he didn't have the willpower. And so my parents divorcing when I was seven and my dad living with a mental illness, uh, my life growing up was challenging. Like I was awarded a really great education, you know, went to Hebrew school. I got to go to summer camp and do lessons. My mom was a single mom who worked extremely hard to give my sister and I the life that she wanted us to have. And that came at a cost for certain things. And we could talk about that in a bit. But my father was in and out of my life. And he broke my heart because I was a daddy's girl. No one explained to me that he was unwell. I thought he's, you know, he'd say, Blair, I'm coming to your birthday party and not show up. Or Blair, I'm going to, you know, I'll come pick you up for dinner and not show up. And I thought it's because he didn't love me. And it was only in hindsight when I grew up and became an adult and started to learn more about addiction that I understood. And so in my 20s, um, my father and I developed a beautiful relationship. I was given the tools I needed to forgive him and just accept him for who he was. And I began my journey of learning about mental, you know, mental health struggles and addiction. And at the end of 2018, I learned that he was terminally ill and he was given a year and a half to two years left to live. And I felt robbed because I finally had my dad back in my life. So that's actually how the Global Resilience Project, which used to be the I Am Resilient Project, we're now calling it the Global Resilience Project. 
that's how it started because we started sharing our story publicly. Um, father, daughter, addiction, resilience, forgiveness. And what was happening was as we were admitting our story and telling our story, we were healing. We were healing as individuals. We were healing as father, daughter, but also we were helping other people. Other people were hearing our story and making changes in their life so they could heal. And so we saw this as an opportunity to do something really good and to create a legacy project. So we started this project for about three years. We've been collecting stories of resilience from around the world. Before the pandemic, we were doing events and fundraisers. And we're just in the process of putting together the final touches on the Global Resilience Project's first book. Now, since beginning this project in early 2019, which was the I Am Resilient Project, the universe really tested me about how resilient I was and some of the things that happened. And it's a bit heavy, just a bit of a trigger warning. Uh, my husband had a heart attack and quadruple bypass surgery. I was in a couple car accidents. I was told I was um, not able to get pregnant naturally. I ended up getting pregnant, but had a miscarriage. Three weeks later, my father-in-law passed away. Three months later, my mother passed away, both from very short battles with cancer. And then not even a year later, February 18th, my father passed away. And so part of the reason we changed it from the I Am Resilient Project was because I really do believe in manifestation. and. <laughs> I proved how resilient I am. Like I am resilient, but it's a global resilience project. So I'm trying to shift that focus of, away from attracting any more challenges into my life because I need a bit of a break. Absolutely. And you are resilient for sure. And just hearing that, like there's so much coming out of that Blair that resonates with me and the message in terms of holistic wealth, right? Because you spoke about your dad and how he made it financially but because of this addiction that ruined a lot for the family. And so that's what I've been preaching in terms of this holistic wealth message that yes, we can have success in one area, but we need to have these pillars covered. It can crumble if we just have one leg of the chair standing, but we need all four legs. And then you spoke about the money trauma, which was another part that I'm so intrigued with because at the Institute on Holistic Wealth, we actually just launched or certified trauma of money consultant program. It's all fresh in my mind, of course. I just have these two questions about going back just to talk about the money aspect of it and what that was like for you growing up. Yeah. I mean, I don't really remember my life much before my parents divorced, but you know, I guess my mother had a certain vision for the life she wanted for her kids and me and my younger sister. And that included going to private Hebrew school and university and helping us with university and less, you know, swimming lessons or extracurricular things. Before she passed away, she told me a story and I didn't know this. So when my parents divorced, my dad had no money. Like he was not involved. Child support was not paid frequently. Like my dad was really deep in addiction and my mom didn't want to compromise the life she imagined for us. So that meant a couple things. One, my sister and I were in daycare before school and after school till I was old enough to, you know, stay home because she was working like six days a week, sometimes five and a half, six days a week. And she had a great job. She was a dental hygienist and she wanted to provide us this life. We relied heavily on the support of our grandparents for your childcare um, when it came to like if we were sick, you know, my aunts and my uncles, like the whole extended family was absolutely phenomenal. but. Still going to private school, I wasn't like the other kids. 
And this is not a woe is me. Like I'm very lucky. I live a privileged life and I did live a privileged life, but within that there were hard times. You know, I wore a lot of hand-me-downs. I like, like I didn't, we didn't have that extra luxury of like spending money on clothes. Like it was like, we got what we needed, but that wasn't, that's not it. My mom actually told me that she went to pull my sister and I out of the school we were in and put us in public school. And that the principal said like, no, you're going to keep the girls in and we'll figure it out. And that just really showed me the power of community, you know, knowing that when I got older, like going to summer camp, we got bursaries and scholarships and support from community organizations. But growing up, there was that scarcity mindset. And I think you could have that at any level of life. And yes, I went to private school and I had a really great education and great group of friends, but there was this deep level of scarcity where my mom put a lot of time into making sure that we had the education. Education was the most important to my mom. But also when it came time to talking about money, it was not a comfortable conversation. And so growing up, money was never a comfortable thing or conversation. I just knew make enough money to live and put some money away for retirement. But it was never like celebrated. It was like money is needed to survive. And I'm learning that it's actually like there's lots of things you need to survive, but money isn't a tool to survive. I think it's something that can be celebrated and it's something, a tool that you need to thrive and not be so scared of. And it's really interesting because the tables turned towards my father's end of life because he was working during his addiction, Um, but his illness was so intense that he couldn't. And going back to when I was younger, thinking like at the grocery store, you know, not being able to get like certain things because they're expensive or like, you know, we had to get the basics of what we needed to thinking back to like my father's end of life when he wanted groceries. You know, if he needed some help financially, I would never give him money. I would send him groceries. And I think about his shopping list and it was always like certain things. And then like jube jubes or like some sour gummy worms. And in my mind, the first thing is like, you don't need that, but then you want it. And it immediately was like, why should I be spending money on that? And then I remember like as a child, you're at your end of your life, dad. And if you want jube jubes or gummy worms, I'm going to get them for you. You know, does that make sense? Like I grew up in, you know, I grew up in a very privileged world and bubble but we financially, as an immediate family, me, my mom and sister, we're struggling. Absolutely. Definitely. And it, it makes sense. For sure, it makes sense. Because for your mom at that time, private school was her big sacrifice. You know, she sacrificed everything and allocated the, the bulk of the money there to make that sacrifice for you guys, which is phenomenal. But yes, definitely, you know, you mentioned scarcity and scarcity mindset, which is something I cover a lot, especially in the book too. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I know that a lot of people, so many people struggle with that. And it's something that we talk about in money trauma a lot, and it's something to definitely work through. And so, you know, Blair, as you were talking, I was thinking about your journey and you becoming an entrepreneur. And I think that it would be amazing for listeners to hear how you you know, started out and your decision process for becoming an entrepreneur, especially given that background too, right? Would seem pretty, you know, like maybe risk averse a bit, you know, I think you mentioned. First of all, my entire life, I'm very like, I go by my gut. Like if there's something I want to do, I do it. I figure out how to make it happen. And like risks don't scare me because I've had over my like life, 
I have abandonment issues. I've been in an abusive relationship and I was homeless briefly. Like I've done it all. I've made a dollar stretch a month and now I've lost both my parents. Like I feel like the worst that can happen to me has already happened. But yeah, like, first of all, um, in actually in my book, Pulsing Through My Veins, Raw and Real Stories from an Entrepreneur. And just so you know, this book was a practice book. I wrote this book to learn how to write the book I'm writing now. And it became a bestseller, which was super cool. But in the book, I actually talk a lot about my lineage and both sides of my family there's generations and generations of entrepreneurs. Like my great grandma, who I'm named after, Bella, my Baba Bella, she in Winnipeg um, owned a dress shop. Like she was a female entrepreneur and owned a dress shop. And, you know, my dad was a diamond dealer and he actually had a lot of other businesses throughout his career. His sister owns a newspaper. And then on my other side of the family, there's various entrepreneurs as well. My Grandpa owned a fruit and vegetable wholesaler and my aunt worked in that business with him. And my uncle has his own communications company and I could go further back. So it's always been around. And I really do believe it is pulsing through my veins. Like it is part of me. When I've had jobs, I've been an entrepreneur where I've treated my job as if it's my business and, you know, created things, but it goes way back. I wanted to buy my own makeup and my mom said, great, you need to earn money. So she signed up for Avon to be an Avon lady. And I became an Avon lady under my mom's name. And I went door to door selling makeup because I wanted my own makeup. And, you know, I've done a lot of things like that. And to where I am today, about 14 years ago, I started my own PR company because I was working for Lululemon Athletica. I loved my job. I wanted to move up to head office and do PR they wanted me to do more management. And so I decided at the age of 23, at the beginning of the recession in 2008, in a city where I didn't know anyone, I was going to start my own PR company. And I did. And I didn't have a mentor. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really have a business coach. And that was at the time where social media marketing was just becoming a thing, but it wasn't even a term. And because I am a vintage millennial, I got pigeonholed in the best possible way into being branded as a social media marketing expert. And I just took traditional public relations principles that I learned in school and throughout my beginning of my career and applied them to social media. So I've always been in the figure it out. Like, I want to do this. How do I get there figuring it out? Not like, I'm going to read a book and like read a manual and do it. And so I've, I've literally, I was born this way. And I think these are skills you can definitely learn, but you have to have a passion. Like, you can't give me a nine to five and the same tasks every day. Like my life every day is so different and I thrive on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's amazing that journey. And thanks for telling us in terms of your family tree and your lineage, because that's something I, I also, you know, advise clients to do is to, to really plot that. And so Blair, I know, you know, you took the personal financial identities course and I'm eager to hear about your results. And, and your thoughts on it, because we've had so many female entrepreneurs talk about their personal financial identities. And I think it's critical for us as women too, to basically embrace it and to harness the strengths of it, which I also preach. So could you tell us about yours and, and your thoughts, any thoughts on that, especially in relation to your parents and their style with money? Well, okay. So it's interesting because I've, I've been doing a lot of work on myself, like lots of healing, childhood trauma healing, current trauma healing, and some of it is money healing. And doing this quiz, it showed me who I am now, not who I was. So, and this, this is a new version of me, but I'm a maximalist. So the lavish spender, go large or go home. And it's so funny, like just reading the, this result because it's true. 
in a certain way. Like there's certain things that I will spend money on. Like I, being a social media marketing expert and mentor, I have invested heavily in coaching for myself because how can I up level without that support? My clients invest heavily in me, teaching them about entrepreneurialism or being an entrepreneur, publicity, social media mentorship. And so I spend lavishly when it comes to things like my business. I will go on that business retreat with those seven-figure business owners. I will spend the money on the tools and the software that I need. I will spend the money on anything that has to do with me up-leveling my business, my career, my personal and professional development. Um, But it's so funny because when it comes to things like clothes, (laughs) like, and I'm doing that quiz, it's like, I was actually just laughing because I was in Winnipeg for my, when my father passed away and my sister, she loves shopping. And so she just always buys things. Where is it? If you, well, some things that she doesn't wear a lot, she'll give to me. So it's like, I don't like, I get, I like hand-me-downs. Maybe it's because I grew up wearing hand-me-downs or like, I will buy something and wear it for 10 years. And (laughs) so I spend money on, on certain things. I'm a lavish spender on certain things. You know, some things I don't, but I also really believe in in investing and spending money in tools and systems and services that are going to make my life easier. I love the easy button, you know, DoorDash and Instacart. Like I've had to download and delete them. I don't I don't have to download them and delete them. I've downloaded and deleted them so many times because I can press that button and a cookie dough blizzard shows up at my house. <laughs> it's it's just too easy. And like I love having a cleaning lady. I mean. Uh, we've, we've put her on hold cause we're doing some renos, but we're doing renos. And like, I grew up in a kitchen that was probably from the fifties and the stove didn't fully work or the oven didn't fully work. And now I'm going to have a brand new kitchen and I've never had that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting about what I'm spending on, but. Yeah, no. And you mentioned too, that you think that your personal financial identity has evolved. And I'd love to hear about that too. Cause I'm wondering, were you not always a maximalist then do you think you identified more with another one let's say the anxious fender another category a minimalist i don't know what it would be but you mentioned that it has evolved and so i just wanted to ask you how and in what way i don't know what i identified with before but i can tell you that it's only been a couple of years that i've actually set financial goals on how much i want to make and that the goals are further than the means i need to survive before it was all about like, okay, I want to make 10K a month and make that. But it was just because it was like a number. There was no reason behind it. And it was great because I was getting out of debt and whatever. But then I had this epiphany. I was like, mm, I could definitely make more than that. And I was working a lot of hours. And so I reshifted the structure of my business to work less and make more and have more services and products that I can offer. And the pandemic hit. And the, not only the pandemic hit, but my business thrived because it's all online. You know, my mom dying, she died February 23rd, 2021. That last year was financially the most successful I've ever been. And, you know, my husband and I sold our home in Pemberton, British Columbia and bought a home in Kamloops and we got out of debt. And yeah, I, it was a really interesting duality of having these like serious personal traumas and these huge business successes. Like, I think I just started reading about money and I was just like, why have I never like really paid attention? And, you know, I used to never care about like cars. Like I have a Honda CRV, a 2010 CRV. I'm going to, I could get a new car soon, but I haven't really gone anywhere. Like I work from home, but 
I've never cared about, oh, I want this type of car. And lately I I can't get a Tesla out of my head. I don't know if I'm going to buy one, but I think they're really awesome looking cars. And I know there's lots of hybrids and electric cars out there, but I've never like cared about things like that where now I'm starting to, oh, I want a fancier car with like bells and whistles (laughs) and just things that I never thought of because I was just making enough to live. And so do you think then Blair, and I don't know the exact way that you restructured your business, but I really have to ask because I'm sure listeners are wondering, you know, how that was responsible for that increase in, in business income that you mentioned in 2021. And can you tell us kind of what you did in terms of, you know, achieving that and the steps that you took, like specific steps that you took to increase that business income? Yeah. I, I mean, like at a higher level, I changed my offerings. So I was mostly a social media marketing expert that did the done for you where businesses would hire me and I would take on their marketing. Then I capped out and I was miserable because I had to take on all these different personas. And you know what? I was getting checks and not even having time to put them in the bank. That's not success to me. That was not happy. I I was miserable. And I thought there has to be a better way to do it. And When my husband had his heart attack and quadruple bypass surgery, I did a lot of sitting beside him for three weeks in the hospital. We were in the hospital for three weeks, two weeks until the surgery and a week recovery. I thought, you know, I need to restructure. I need to change what I do. And I started looking at other ways to generate revenue that did not require such bandwidth of my creative energy. And I looked at why do people hire me? And people aren't hiring me to show them how to make a post. They're hiring me for my ideas. And as a little girl, I used, I always had great ideas. I would be like, how can I make money for my ideas? And it hit me. I could be a coach. I could be a mentor. And that way I can do private coaching at more of a premium. I can do group coaching. I can have free workshops. I can have products, you know, like my book and my next book that's coming out and smaller investment trainings. And I can start offering all these things. Some of them are evergreen that people can buy while I'm sleeping. And some of them, they get my full attention at a premium cost, premium investment, but I'm able to make significantly more money and save my creative output for my brand, from Blair Kaplan Communications, for the Global Resilience Project. And that way, so what's really big is that I work with coaches. I work with entrepreneurs. I work with marketing departments at big corporations. People bring me in because they want my ideas and they want to know how I build out the empowerment pillars, the social media empowerment pillars for thought leadership. And they want to stand out like I've done for previous clients, like I've done for myself. I'm always learning. There's no manual. There's so many coaches out there. There's so many books and podcasts. I'm looking at what do I like? How do I want to show up? And I'm attracting the people that want to show up like me. Can you just tell us what's next for the Global Resilience Project, where you're at with that now? and What's the next step? Global Resilience Project book. Um, if you connect with us at IamResilient.info, you can sign up there to be on our list. You will see when everything is coming to a head, which is soon. And then also, if you follow me, you can connect with all my socials. Everything is at BlairKaplan.ca. You know, you can see what I'm doing in the digital space. So the Global Resilience Project, the next thing is the book. The book is coming out. I can't tell you exactly when, and that's okay. (laughs) Absolutely. And it sounds fantastic. And Blair, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Your story has been so inspirational, and it's just great to hear also 
like from a money and business standpoint, right? Your story and it's amazing how much that you're sharing that aligns with holistic wealth. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a brilliant conversation. Thank you for joining us this week on Holistic Wealth with Keisha Blair. Make sure to visit our website, KeishaBlair.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Are you a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to choose your membership plan and join. As a member, you get so many perks. Free worksheets, advice, coaching, and a member's workshop to design an intentionally designed life. You need to figure out your life purpose? Take the Build Your Life Purpose Portfolio online self-paced course. You're struggling with all your money decisions? Take the free financial identities quiz and then take the course. You recently had a breakup, job loss, or experienced the death of a loved one? Take the holistic healing course. You need an overall plan to achieve holistic wealth? We will help you figure out your holistic wealth blueprint. And of course, if you want to start making money by helping others achieve holistic wealth, become a certified holistic wealth consultant. Regardless of what career you've got, the Institute will show you how to increase your income and walk in your purpose. The sooner you join, the sooner you start to achieve a more holistically wealthy lifestyle. And you're going to want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award-winning, best-selling Holistic Wealth 32 Life Lessons to Help you find purpose, prosperity, and happiness. 